Hey everybody, if you're watching live right now, you might be thinking, um, where the heck is Nick Lydorf? Well, and if you're listening, you're probably wondering where his beautiful, beautiful laughter is. Uh, Nick is actually out this week because he is being a good family man. He had some stuff come up, um, some family issues and emergencies that I'm not going to get into, uh, but he's a good dude and he's taking care of that. So Nick is not going to be here this week. So going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because uh, old paralegal, not paralegal Lou uh, is solo dipshitting it today. So uh, get ready, everybody. You ever been counseled without a counselor? That's what this episode's all about. Uh, if you're wondering, it's going to be a lot like being in jail with the one guy that's like, mm, I took a few pre-law classes. I know how to get out of this. And then we're all going to go away for life. So we are screwed. Uh, probably just going to go over a couple of couple of uh, just little one-offs, maybe some sides. Maybe, maybe I'll get into my favorite law movies, something like that. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sad and weird and I miss Nick already. I don't like solo podcasting alone cause there's less laughter, uh, except for the voices in my head and, uh, my anxiety bubbles through on my own cause I'm talking to nobody and that's what crazy people do. I'm in a wooden box by myself shouting ideas into a microphone, but nobody's listening yet, but they say they'll listen, uh, <laughs> I gotta gotta make that content is what they they yell. Which you know what? Gosh darn it, we're gonna keep at it. Uh, I know Nick uh, wanted to be here, and uh, we we want this podcast to be something fun and something we do for a while. So we're gonna keep up uh, with posting and uh, just having fun with it. So I hope you all had a great holiday break as well. Uh, I know we recorded a few back to back, so we had uh, podcasts out during the break. Uh, retained our our core listener group, which is about 30 of you guys, which is a dope. But here's what you need to do. Start assaulting your friends' ears with the funness of the podcast. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But if, if you guys enjoy it, uh, if you like our brand of humor, our law and comedy mixture, go ahead and, uh, you know, just slip it into casual conversations, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, no, curling is fun, I'm told, in the Great White North. But I've been listening to this new interesting podcast called Free Consultation. They think they should have called it Lawyer Up, but they're too in it now, so they, they, they chose to keep it as Free Consultation. Oh, what's it about? Oh, Free Consultation is basically uh, a dipshit and then a real-life lawyer talk about the law in a fun, juvenile way. Uh, and and honestly, the best part of it is when they get to the end, uh, they read emails from real, real-life dipshits who ask for free consultation on the internet, and then they make fun of them while also giving them some free consultation. So there's the sales, there's the pitch, a little elevator pitch for you guys. Uh, what do we have on the docket coming up for free consultation? Well, first of all, if you are listening to this, uh, especially people on Anchor, which... Uh, you all have been hearing the Flipboard ad read, uh, but we, we we host our podcast through Anchor, and then it sends it out everywhere else. Anchor's pretty dope. Giving them a shout-out. Uh, you can actually reach out to us the easiest if you download the Anchor app. Uh, find us at Free Consultation. You can send us voice, vid- uh, voice messages. You can send us text messages through that. I don't really like that the public can reach us that easily and wreck our day, but... Uh, it's showbiz, baby. Suck a dick to get to the top and let the public shout mean things at you. Because we're a whore for likes in this day and age of social medias. Uh, so what do we have? What do we have coming up? Well, you guys reach out to us on all forms of social media, Instagram or Facebook at Ask Free Consultation on Instagram. Uh, find us on Facebook at Free Consultation. Uh, our, our email address where you can ask us questions or kind of keep up with us is ask at, fuck, I messed that up. God, I'm dumb. I wrote it down and I can't even read it. It's askfreeconsultation at gmail.com. Uh, hopefully that's right. Nick, if you're watching, you can correct it in the comments. All right, cool. Uh, those of you watching live, Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, 
I kind of feel like one of those crazy log cabin people that's like, hey, uh, get your supplies, get your go bag, and then don't leave the city. Hide in a hole. The bombs are going to get us all. All right, cool. So uh, fun, crazy law stuff coming up. Uh, had a, a few people ask us about uh, self-defense laws. Uh, mainly, again, uh, our, our buddy Mike, who may or may not be a black belt in several martial arts, as well as a few other people that practice martial arts, want us to go over self-defense laws. So uh, when Nick gets back, we're going to go over, uh, hey, you can't do that, how you can and cannot kill people uh, with weapons or your hands in self-defense laws. So that's going to be a fun episode coming up. We're going to keep it going with weird laws like, hey, did you know you can't walk a camel in downtown San Francisco unless you have camel bags with enough feed for him for the day? I just made that up, but it sounds like a weird law. Uh, so I'm not going to lie to you, or might I? Uh, but we are going to go over some more weird laws, international weird laws, stuff like that. Uh, the next BS defense we got coming up, talking about bullshit defense, we've got old Bernie Madoff, which... Uh, that guy is, yes, James, I would love a coffee. Uh, Bernie Madoff uh, took, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks from people and then got screwed by the system. He's going to be in prison forever. Or did he kill himself? I don't know. But that episode, we will go into that, and I will be more well-read on the topic. Um, and then, of course, at the end of all the podcasts, you're going to get the emails. Um Let's see, what else have we got coming up? Oh, other questions people have asked us where we're going to get into the legality of it all is uh, cannibalism. Uh, hey, you can't do that. Is gonna, we're going to talk about cannibalism. Uh, we're going uh, gonna to get into international waters and maritime law, which should be fun because I don't know if Nick knows anything about maritime law. So uh, we'll just be a couple scallywags on the seas seeing what we can get, a get away with. Um uh, Later on down the line, we have plea deals, why you should take them, and why you shouldn't sometimes. Going to have that coming up. And then, mm, boy, one of our favorite things coming up. I think we're going to get into some law movies at some point, maybe rate our favorite law movies down the line. But uh, my favorite Hallmark movie, uh, straight to TV, and perhaps one of my favorite things in the legal system is Double Jeopardy. And what? We're going to talk about Double Jeopardy down the line. So we've got a lot of fun things planned uh, I'll be it not right now. I feel I, I know right now I sound like the guy like, like, dude, this party is going to be awesome, but it's next week. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. But you know what? Please stay with us. Stay tuned. Uh, it should be a good time. So other than that, we're going to get into uh, Mr. Solo Dolo segment called My Law Journey. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name's Lou Michael, and I made a mistake. I majored in political theory and constitutional democracy, which was in the James Madison College at Michigan State University, which was a trumped-up way to say, hey, you've got a glorified philosophy degree that wore a tuxedo to work. Oh, boy. Uh, so I, uh, I jumped around in college a lot, not really knowing what I wanted to do besides party and hang with my friends, which is probably why I got into stand-up comedy. Uh, but I want to get paid, son. Uh, and then I bounced around uh, majors where I went into Wayne State thinking I was going to be pre-med and be a doctor like my dad. But turns out those smarts waved goodbye a long time ago. Whoops. Uh, and then, I don't know. Uh, being a doctor is cool, but uh, I saw how hard it is. And mad shout-outs to anybody that has a, uh, a professional... Uh, job of any sorts, uh, whether it be janitor to brain surgeon, anything in between. It is not easy getting up and uh, going to work every day. Sometimes it's a grind. Other times it's awesome. Find what you love and let it kill you, they say. Well, that's a miserable existence, but we will get into some philosophy topics later this episode as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I bounced around thinking I was going to be pre-med. Uh, then I <laughs> transferred to Michigan State University uh, to really be with friends and go to a, a Big Ten university. And I started off as communications because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Went back to psychology, which, uh, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. You want to go into other people's brains? I barely understand my own. Hey, buddy, you want to give me some coffee? Off Mike James is on, everybody. I got you the one with the winky cup. Oh, thanks, buddy. Here, you want to get in? Everybody, my, uh, my roommate and good friend, James Couture, everybody. Let's hear it for him. Good morning. All 
right. That's 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 it, baby. That's just good podcasting. Hey, babe. I'll be downstairs in a little bit. Top of the charts. All right. I'll see you then. Uh, but so transferred to MSU. Uh, then I lived with a bunch of pre-med kids uh, who were awesome. Uh, it, it's always fun hanging out with smart people because, uh, one, it lets you know how dumb you are, so it keeps you humble. And, two, uh, it, it, it's, like being, uh, it's like being the ugly kid in the handsome group. You're like, well, i got to try harder uh, at, at everything because... Uh, well, God damn it, I want to try and fit in. Intellectually, anyways. Uh, I know the pacing on this cast is going to be up and down a lot because I do like to call myself an idiot an idiot, and a dummy a lot of the times, but uh, I, I hope I have enough self-awareness to know when to make a right call and when I am actually dumb and can admit it, and other times knowing when you're right, uh, staunchly. And, uh, you know, simple stuff like house is on fire, bad, good, get out, versus, you know, a, a moral dilemma where uh, there might be nuanced stuff. So, hey, baby, I'm street smart. But anyways, uh, whilst living with all the pre-med kids and kind of floundering and experimenting with drugs and alcohol in college a whole bunch, or as, as we like to call it, Tuesday through Sunday afternoon, which if you're listening to this and you're in law school, uh, or any form of college, hey, baby, it's not a problem until you finally get that last degree and then, you know, look into uh, drug abuse. Maybe get into meditation, something else like that. Find a cathartic release that doesn't hurt you in the long run. Uh, but anyways, uh, I joined a organization called MUSMUN, which was Michigan State University's Model United Nations. Nerd alert! Uh, um and I met a lot of cool people that were in the James Madison College at Michigan State University. Uh, they have four majors when I was there, uh, international relations, two other ones I didn't care about, and then old PTCD, uh, political theory and constitutional democracy. And that one sounded the smartest, and it, it seemed like it looked good and pretentious on a piece of paper hanging on my wall someday. So I decided, hell yeah, that's the one for me. So I ended up majoring in that, had a lot of cool professors, uh, learned to read above my eighth grade reading level, which was pretty dope. I understand some Socratean method, and uh, gosh darn that Plato wouldn't stop fucking writing because uh, he wrote every fucking word Socrates ever said. Am I right? Am I right, philosophy nerds? Of course I'm not. Um, but anyways, so got into the classic Greek philosophies, and then we studied philosophy alongside U.S. government and um, a lot of civics-style classes uh, because the political theory aspect of my degree was, you know, studying that uh, politique, the body, uh, polis, city-states, I don't know, Greek and Latin. I took Latin in high school, and I'm failing it now more than ever than I did back then. But anyways, um, uh, the political theory aspect was awesome because I got to read all kinds of cool philosophers, uh, we got into uh, Kant and Nietzsche near the end, which um, I don't like that <laughs> we studied nihilism near the end of college, because if you're like me, and first of all, if you didn't go to college, uh, you know, I'm not taking a shot at you. So many people are smarter than I that have not attended uh, university or college. So um, maybe other aspects of this life will something else in your life will resonate with this. Maybe you were at a dark turning point in your life. But near the end of college, myself and a few other people I knew, most seniors in college, kind of go through a little bit of an existential crisis. And for whatever fucking reason, uh, we decided as a group of intellectuals that, hey, it's time to study uh, Nietzsche and Kant near the end of uh, your, your, your young, carefree life right before you enter the grind that is real life. And um, if you are a philosopher out there, go ahead and uh, correct me where I'm wrong because it's been a long time. I think we only studied uh, human, all too human, or human to human by uh, Nietzsche and then some select writings. I have a few books I'm trying to look at my shelf right now. Uh, and then Immanuel Kant, I, I believe the Germans actually, um, call him Kant. That's, that's the, that's the proper name. Uh, but anyways, we studied them and, 
Nietzsche's nihilism, uh, when you're in a low point, not a good read. Uh, nothing really matters type of mentality or um, that weird broad stroke mentality. And I'm boiling Nietzsche down to a stupid, stupid refined uh, version of what it really is. But more or less, uh, his readings when you're in a low spot are not good. Uh, reading that uh, actions don't really matter and in the grand scheme... Um, you know, you're insignificant. Sure. All right. Yes. Go for that. If you're actually a nihilist, but it took me a long time before I, um, pulled myself out of it with a newer kind of, um, Eastern philosophy of, you know, borderline, uh, what would you call it? Um, but Taoism or but philosophy of my own. But if you really believe that nothing matters, um, and you're going to kill yourself, you know, that's sad and probably not true because if you believe we have consciousness, if you believe, uh, in what is it? Uh, Rousseau or, um, ah, come on now. Uh, I think therefore I am Rene Descartes, anything like that. If you believe in that, then guess what? Your consciousness, that is a superpower in itself. Use your consciousness to prescribe meaning on your own life we give meaning to whatever the fuck we want. You drink out of a cup, the cup is non-sentient, all right? But philosophy alert, uh, but the cup has meaning to you. It delivers that hot, delicious coffee to your mouth. Let's see if it is. Yep, that's hot coffee, all right? Thank you, James. But we give meaning uh, to anything we want. You know, existentially, all the time we give meaning. So why not give meaning internally? Uh, I don't know if I just used existentially correct there. God, I hate using $20 words and sounding like a dipshit still. But, um, so yeah, if you can give meaning on your own, or at least you have the consciousness or perceived consciousness to do so, that's how I combat nihilism a lot of the time. If you say nothing really matters, I'm like, cool, I guess to you. But uh, something matters to me. Things I enjoy. I enjoy many things. I'm gonna give meaning to that i you know if you really want to go with uh life is pain and what is it um buddhism you know we exist in suffering and life is suffering it's like sure uh i i get that we're born only to die if you don't think you can have the skrilla to download your brain onto a computer later in this life uh, or we're in the matrix and we're a blip and we're gone that's fine uh that's a metaphysical mountain to tackle on your own. But if you're in the now, listening to this now, uh, a crazy man rambling into a microphone, recording it, and then you listening to it later, um, go ahead and just exist in your own consciousness and be happy there, all right? Uh, make your own happiness. And if you are in misery, well, it, sh- it should go away at some point, if, if it will. And... Otherwise, you got that sweet, sweet window of death coming anyways. But um, sorry, that's dark. And I I don't mean to play on it if you're dark. Uh, Just know this, that if, if it, you know, the Reaper comes for us all in his own sweet time, let him come in his own sweet time uh, and really try to explore life as much as you can. Because if there's truly nothing like a nihilist would believe after this, um, then fucking ride this out. Until it's, uh, until it's over on its own terms. Um, really, juice this for everything. Um, explore, right? Uh, read, explore your own brain. Go do stuff. Experience new stuff. Meet people where they're at. Um, I hate to sound like a yes man here, but you know what? If you're in a good mood, go explore and be a yes man for a little bit. Uh, if, <laughs> if you're kind of a genuinely kind misanthrope like myself... Maybe close the doors and read a book and be alone as much as you can until uh, something screams at you to go out and help people or go interact with people. Um, but anyways, that's that's one way I really combat nihilism and um, the, the 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 Nietzsche at the time, uh, which I want to go back and re-explore Nietzsche because he's an interesting fella and a lot of his stuff was actually spun by the Nazi party, his sister 
and his brother-in-law's crazy Nazi ways. So uh, if you're a fan of Nietzsche, go ahead and look into that, because I know some of his writings were bastardized by the Nazi party, I believe, after he died, or while he was crazy, sucking milk off his mustache, asking for his mommy. Um, Which the other thing is, Nietzsche did start to really lose it at the end of his life, being mentally unstable, not unlike your boy. Um, And as much as I like to joke about that, uh, I do... I do try and take care of my own mental health as best I can and uh, be self-aware of it. Did I just slip into a mental health and philosophy podcast? Uh-oh, where's my gosh darn free consultation? Where's my law talk? Well, we'll get into it, you silly goofs. I'm not done with the philosophy part of my bullshit degree. Um, so the other guy I remember studying a lot near the end of uh, uni, university as the Aussies call it, uh, was Immanuel Kant. And what I liked about Kant is um, he was about the only philosopher I know that uh, claimed to just get it. He was like, yep, yeah, nailed it. He'd walk around and um, uh, pace around town and uh, kind of think all day. And he came up with maxims. I'm sorry, I'm trying to look them up right now. I know there's three maxims he really came up with. Um, so hang on one sec. What is a maxim? Uh, three maxims of Kant. Um, anybody out there watching live, if you could Google this for me and uh, shoot that my way. Um, but anyways, uh, Kant was a... Uh, uh, a guy that just thought he knew it. He thought he'd nailed philosophy to a degree because uh, he came up with three unapologetic truths that he came to. Uh, and I think one was there's universal law, um, the categorical imperative, um, and then I forget what the guiding principle is. I'm sorry, I'm having a total brain fart. Didn't know that my brain would take me down this path. But anyways... Um, with Kant and, you know, his style of philosophy, uh, an example that I remember from university all the time was um, it's bad to tell a lie. You shouldn't lie. Uh, we should all ask ourselves, if the action we're doing right now was done by everybody on the planet, would it be okay? And if the answer is no, then you shouldn't do it. So, I mean, for example, um, should you steal is a pretty easy one. If you steal and everybody on the planet steals, would it be okay? No. All right. Um, if you eat a sustainable diet and recycle and everybody on the planet did it, would that be okay? Yes. Then boom, there you go. Go for it. So I like that he had almost a borderline, albeit um, too regimented without any nuance. Uh, he was just like, yep, yep. There's yes and no in philosophy, which is absurd. If you study philosophy, there's almost never yes, no type of shit. It's always the why. Yes, no, why? So Kant just was like, no, fuck that. I figured it out. Uh, fuck you, Nietzsche. Fuck everybody else. Uh, I figured out philosophy. Uh, so um, oh, where it is. Oh, cool. Categorical imperative. Nice. Thank you, live listeners, for getting me to it. Um, shit. All right. Well, there's Wikipedia. Sorry, gang. Uh, old dumb brain can't uh, can't do too much on his own right now. But anyways, just kind of going back to it. Um, the example we had in uh, college was if an axe murderer showed up to your front door and knocked and said, hey, I'm here to kill your children. Where are they? Instead of lying and saying you don't have kids or whatever, you would be uh, pressed to tell the truth and be like, oh, my kids are hiding in the closet, and the axe murderer would then know where they're at so he could go do that. But the counterexample is there's no law um, metaphysically against you stopping the axe murderer. You're like, yeah, no, he's an axe murderer. He shouldn't be killing people. I'm allowed to stop him. I'm allowed to call the police. I'm allowed to intervene in an action. If everybody on the planet intervened in a bad action, would it be okay? Yes, but... Again, that's within the, the Kantian um, philosophy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, it was just something I, I appreciated about Immanuel Kant and him calling out, uh, I guess, 
nobody named names in the philosophic day, and I believe he might have even been before Nietzsche, but um, him calling out other philosophies in general, uh, being like, nope, you can you can cut out some nuance if you want to every now and again. Mm. So anyways, those were, uh, those were two uh, philosophies at the end that kind of resonated with me and the political theory side. The uh, biggest personal philosophies I took away with um, studying philosophy and uh, also I think in politics should be applied more. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of stoic, uh, stoic philosophy, stoism, stoicism, um, because as a stoic, I just like that it's kind of about keeping your shit together and um, kind of branches into almost behavioral psychology where a stoic, not somebody who's mean-faced and stone-faced in nature, uh, will, uh, you know, recognize that the world around him is happening and he's part of it and you can only control what you do, and then your reactions to what happened to you. So as a Stoic, you can go out and change something. Sure, you can chop down a tree, you can build a log cabin, sure. Uh, but then a fire can happen, a natural disaster can happen, and wreck that uh, that log cabin you just made, right? And r- rather than losing your shit and say, ah, it's all for naught and all that, a Stoic will recognize it and be like, well, fuck, that happened. Um, but there's nothing I can do, so why expend negative energy towards it? That's a very... Very book report, third grade, Stoic example. But I appreciate that one of the biggest uh, things about Stoicism is uh, taking a second to control your own reactions. Remain humble sometimes if you can. There's humility in Stoicism. Um, And then a great personal inner strength and drive to recognize that uh, you are in charge of your actions and reactions to situations. And that sounds so basic and easy, uh, but it's not. You know, the next time you get irrationally angry, stop if you can and think, holy shit, why am I irrationally angry? I, I, uh, in an example today, uh, roommates, love them, love them to death, but shit will go missing. And I'm like, God, fucking damn it, where's my stuff? Like, I put it somewhere, and now it's just gone, and I will become irate. Maybe I have an anger issue, maybe, inside. But I think we all have been there, low blood sugar. Uh, And rather than fucking losing it, I will stop, take a deep breath, and be like, all right, it's gone. There's nothing I can do about that right now. Uh, I can ask about it later. Maybe I'll get it back. Maybe I won't. Grand scheme, how's it going to affect me? If it's not something that's dire, I try to just let it go. I really do. Um... And, you know, it's a bastardized stoicism I try to practice daily, but I think we could all do well if we do that. Uh, so Marcus Aurelius, uh, the great old Roman uh, leader uh, himself, wrote a pretty awesome uh, journal, uh, the writings of Marcus Aurelius, I should say. So look that up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> boy, howdy, is it a fun read, too. Can I tell you, he knew how to draw pictures and Paint an easel with words. I'm kidding. It's very dry at times, but you'll have a lot of fun with it. I guarantee it. Coffee sip. There it is. Uh, By the way, we're not going to take any breaks today because much like Jack uh, Kerouac, I'm just on the road in this shit. This is a scroll of thought. So uh, there might be a read at the end of this podcast. I don't know. I'm not in it for the money. Gosh darn it. I'm in it to have fun. Um, uh, So, yeah, the... Went over Kant's maxims, kind of, the categorical. You know what? Look up Immanuel Kant. Check the maxims out on your own. A lot of fun. Look up nihilism. Look up Nietzsche on your own, uh, but not if you're in a dark spot. And if you are, counter it with, I would say, uh, stoic nature and then uh, also some Buddhist and Eastern teachings of prescribing your own meaning onto things. And then good old-fashioned René Descartes. Uh, you think, therefore, you are You are your consciousness. You know that much. If you think you're, you're in a computer, you're probably in a computer. If you don't think you are, who the fuck knows? You're in your own brain. Um, last thing before I get into the uh, constitutional democracy side of where the hell I'm coming from, uh, I'll get into meditation and uh, our consciousness and then, to a degree, psychology behind it. Uh, if you're like me, um, which technically 50% of the country, I don't know about the rest of the developed world, 
uh, you probably deal with some psychological issues and some um, mental illnesses of some sorts. You know, they might be acute. They might be uh, once in a while. Uh, it, it might be ongoing. You might have systemic mental illnesses. And it's a bitch because um, a lot of the times people can't see it. You got a broken leg, a compound fracture. People are like, holy shit, like, don't walk on that leg, buddy. <laughs> you got to get to a hospital. Uh, but if your mind is broken, it's one of those real sons of bitches where, like, nobody can see a compound fractured brain. They're just kind of like, oh, all right, like, you may be mopey and sad, but inside you're, you know, suffering from, uh, could be depression, OCD, um, bipolar disorder, PTSD, uh, I, personality disorders. There's so many of them that, like, unless it's like, holy fucking shit, like, you can see it because it's, it's, it's broken through. Uh, a lot of us are just dealing with this silently. You know, you, you swallow it down and you don't talk about it because you're white, you're Midwestern and Catholic, and we swallow those emotions down. You keep them bottled up until you go crazy in a clock tower. What? Doing what? Yelling out the time, not shooting at people. Just kidding. Most people shoot at people from clock towers. Nobody's ever gone up to the top and been like, wow, the clock's so much bigger up here. I can see the time. No problem. You know what time it is? Cock, lock, a block. All right. Sorry, everybody. Was that in Austin, Texas? Rambling. I believe it was in Austin, Texas, where that guy climbed the clock tower. He was a Marine. How do I know that? Full metal jacket. And we're on. Uh, caffeine is an upper, and I'm on some right now. But anyways, back to it. Mental illnesses and how we deal with them. Uh, one of the scarier ones... Uh, that uh, has affected my family anyways is uh, I believe it's pure form OCD. And what that means is uh, OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Most people know that at this point. And a lot of people think it's just, you know, doing an action, doing an action, doing an action for um, in, what is it? Not irritable. Uh, what is the word? They do actions that seem... Um, pointless or repetitive in nature. And a lot of the times it's because the brain will be thinking or doing something and the brain will be like, oh, if I turn the light switch on and off, uh, it'll, it'll settle down that part of my brain. And part of the disease is it doesn't. You do the action and your brain dopamine levels or something, they don't react to let you know like, hey, it's done, you're cool. So your brain just goes over and over and over and over again where you have to do the task for no reward. You don't get a reward for finishing the task. Uh, again, very stupid, boiled down version of it, and there's plenty, plenty other um, versions or examples of it. But pure form OCD and the way that can come out and manifest is sometimes just in repetitive thoughts, which are terrible. Because uh, sometimes those thoughts can just be, you know, mundane things. Other times they can be horrible, horrible thoughts. Like, uh, self-harming thoughts over and over and over again. You're like, get the fuck out of here. Or um, just terrible thoughts in a way that, like, things you would never do because you think you're a good person or you fight to be a good person, but these things bubble up and you're like, what the fuck, what? Like, I'm not a racist, but this happened. I'm not a sexist, but this happened. I would never murder, but this happened. I would never be a deviant, but this happened. But you have those thoughts cycling through nonstop. Um Pure OCD can can have that, and uh, I'm not going to say this is how you can combat it, but w even if you don't have that, this is an extreme example, um, people uh, will meditate, right? Meditation is one way that you can settle your mind down. And again, I'm not a doctor, not a lawyer, I'm throwing a lot of bullshit out there, but... Um, even as a hobbyist, if you want to give it a shot, even if you think like, hey, it's been a long day or any normal person out there, right, uh, will get overstressed and the brain just is going, 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 going. Um, sl slow it down. Turn it off. Turn this podcast off. Throw your cell phone out. No, just turn everything off for a second. Sit in silence for five minutes. Be bored for 10 fucking minutes. De-stimulate. When you're overstimulated, you're getting too much dopamine, your brain goes crazy, and you become, what, desensitized to it like any other uh, drug out there that we do. Eventually, you build up a tolerance. So it's good to just chill that brain the fuck out. Um, so, And then kind of wrapping back to any other mental disorders, if you chill out, 
and really take some time to be introspective, uh, you might then like have the wherewithal to be like, do I need help? Uh, should I talk more? How do I reach out? Not in a social media way, but in a real tangible way. And I hope everybody does that. Um, because in the weird, weird learnings of my jumping around between pre-med psychology, uh, communications, finally philosophy, and uh, constitutional law, like, yeah, man, <laughs> you, you, your brain and mind is always, always going to be wandering and jumping. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just get out there and... Um, and ask for help. Okay, how the hell did we get here? Let's get to the other part of uh, the degree. Wait, sip break. Okay, constitutional democracy. What does it mean? Holy shit, not much these days, what with our new emperor in power. But um, So the other aspect of political theory went through and then somehow got to uh, mental disabilities. Whoops. Uh but uh, constitutional democracy, we went over the civics of the U.S. government, a lot of how uh, each branch of the government worked. Judicial, the sexy boys in robes and ladies. What? Nobody's wearing underpants under those gowns. Uh, the legislation or uh, legislative branch, uh, which would be Congress, or as we like to call them, those dipshits that cannot get anything done. Write your congressman. What? What? No, throw that letter out. They're not going to read it. Maybe your senator will. But you have the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate. We got a bipartisan legislature. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, go ahead and listen to I'm Just a Bill by Schoolhouse Rock. They nailed it. Uh, pretty much um, spent probably $18,000 one semester learning about that when I could have listened to that song a few times in a row. Hello. Um, but anyways, so we have the legislative branch, uh, which... Uh, makes the laws, and finally, the executive branch, which my capstone class was on the executive branch, and the powers to be and the power that uh, the executive branch wields, which in this day and age is a shit ton. So what are the three branches of U.S. government kids? Judicial, what? They check the laws. They check the constitutional laws. They see what's up. If somebody's breaking laws, the judicial branch is going to step in and see what it's about. What? Uh, only if it's challenged, though. They don't go out of their way. It's got to be brought to them. It's kind of weird. Uh, you would think the hungry, hungry hippos would reach out and say, hey, you can't do that. Hey, you can't do that. But actually, it's up to one of us citizens to bring it up, and then if it's brought to the judicial branch, then they wield that hammer. You know what I'm talking about. The judicial hammer. Uh, and then legislative branch what do they do kids what do they do they make the laws so they say don't really follow them a whole bunch but they'll make them uh bastardized version of a bill signed law executive branch approves those laws or vetoes them sends them back but the executive branch what is that it's the president's kids it's the president kid uh kids damn it the executive branch is the president what does he do uh he is instilled with immense power uh to enforce the law and, uh, well, yeah, I would say that's, that's if you're going to put it on paper, yeah, uh, to enforce the law and to execute the laws. But uh, the president has taken on so many other roles these days where, you know, a president will have laws that they send to the legislation. They'll introduce laws. And then even crazier, what? They will do executive orders, which is basically, you know, just a kind of decreed law until it's brought up to either judicial branch or the legislation shuts it down. Um, and I always thought it was the craziest thing. I learned about uh, executive orders pretty much during Obama's presidency. Um, a little bit during Bush, but I was pretty young for Clinton and Bush. And when I was in college, Obama was in office. And the executive orders that Obama signed, and now Trump and before him, Bush, were kind of insane. And uh, who keeps the president in check at that point would be the attorney general, kind of checking over the, those laws, seeing if he, what he's doing is uh, legal. And then the other huge... Uh, Thing that I learned about, I think it was referred to as the most important part of government nobody's heard of. And I think it's the Office of Legal Counsel, the OLC, uh, for the executive branch. And it's basically a team of lawyers uh, that work with the attorney general to see if what the president is doing is fucking legal. And uh, there was a lot of times, I think, during um, President Bush's 
uh, term and, you know, with Vice President Dick Cheney, they would do a lot of shit that they would go to the Attorney General and the uh, OCL or OLC and be like, how do we make this legal? Like, you know, when you're like, hey, can you like sauce this up just enough to make this legal so uh, so we can do it? And it's it's weird because it's supposed to be an in-house check and balance system in the executive branch. But in keeping with being in the executive branch, if the president's like, make this fucking work, it's not our job to really tell me it's illegal or stop me. It's your job to make it legal enough that I can boom, put it out there, and then either the legislative or judicial branch has to step in and uh, keep us keep us in check, which, um, yeah, kind of cr- crazy, crazy stuff. You know, what with drone strikes, using the military, stuff like that. Again, I know I sound like a crazy uh, podcaster in my cabin telling you about the government, but just kind of giving you uh, broad strokes of what each um, specific parts of government do. Um, and then uh, studying in the James Madison College about those three uh, branches of governments and then also philosophies behind it, we tied in American philosophers and um, uh, statesmen of the time, but uh, we went over the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, and I, I liked reading the Federalist Papers because Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison, three pretty genius dudes in their time as far as government's concerned and setting up checks and balances. They believed at the time to keep us from a gridlock, each uh, branch of government, rather than um, flexing self-control within their branch, should be like the hungry, hungry hippos and be ambitious and push their power to uh, the limit. So if you're the president, you fucking go for it. I'm going to president the shit out of this and you try and introduce laws. You try and uh, borderline, like try and be a dictator, right? If you're the president, use as much power as you can. But the check and balance would be the legislative branch and the judicial branch being like, oh, settle down. That's our fucking um, jurisdiction, if you will. Uh, So it's like, you know, each branch flexing its power to the limit, go for broke until the other branch fucking whack-a-moles you down and says, nope, you can't do that because that's, that's my shit. Uh, so it's three neighbors all yelling about, get off my lawn. That's my lawn. But somehow it's uh, it's how our republics lasted this long. Um, so anyways, that that's uh, <laughs> that's my college degree in a nutshell. Um, but no, the constitutional democracy side of it, uh, you know, I went through con law classes. I learned uh, the different branches of government, stuff like that. I was a C-plus student at times. Uh, sometimes I nailed it with a just a solid A. I think I got a couple, mm, a couple of four points. I A plus a few, so uh, that's what brings it down to about a B B plus average. So, um, yeah. So uh, that uh, that boils it down. That's 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 where I'm coming from in my bullshittery. Everybody, um, kind of getting near the end of my ramblings. I'm sure. Um, it's, it's, what else did I want to talk about? Um, I told you guys up front what we're going to talk about when Nick gets back. Um, finished up. Oh, I, I guess we'll get into uh, post-college, how I got here, and uh, sit down, grandkids. Old Lou's going to tell you about life. Mm. So anyways, uh, yeah, I had no, uh, didn't really want to be a lawyer when I was an undergrad. Uh, floundered around for... Uh, about a year after uh, college and then um, decided, you know what, maybe I will give law school a shot. And I studied for a year, took the LSAT, did pretty mediocre, but applied to a lot of law schools. Um, much to my surprise, got into a few and then kind of had another existential crisis and uh, deferred a lot of law schools for a few years. Uh, still in that deferment period and now. Um and then what did I do in the meantime? Uh, post-college through the, 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 the LSAT and law applications, um, weirdly enough, I started doing stand-up comedy. I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm not that funny on this podcast. Um, definitely not funny on this one, just rambling alone into a microphone. But I started doing stand-up, and much to my surprise, wasn't terrible at it. And kept doing it, kept doing it, and now it's three and a half years later, and I'm still doing it, and I've made so many awesome friends in it. Um, it's fulfilling. 
uh, a dyslexic dumb dumbass enjoys writing and reading more than I ever thought possible. Uh, which if you ever read my comedy notebooks, not only would it be very tough for you because it's super dyslexic, it also would read like a crazy man's goofy manifesto. Like, wow, these seem terrible. But um, no, I started doing doing stand-up and um, weirdly enough, uh, fell in love with it. So we will see where it goes. I'm you know, getting out there, believe it or not, getting paid, humble brag, every now and again, every now and again. Uh, getting paid to do some stand-up. Um, and I still have a day job that I'm not going to talk about because whatever. Uh, I, I work a day job, though. So um, maybe I'll get into it someday. It's personal training and being a janitor and working at a gym. Basically a multifaceted uh, dummy that works at a uh, adult play place. Um, Playscape, anyways. But... Um, yeah, I guess if you ever want fitness tips or dieting tips, uh, I can I can help you with that. Free consultation there. I am certified in personal training and some nutrition aspects now. So if you ever have a question about that and not the law, well, guess what, Counselor Ladoer? Why don't you get on a treadmill, buddy? Hmm? Put some more fruits and veggies in there. I'm just kidding. I had a uh, quarter pounder with cheese last night. A lot of fun. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, but anyways, uh, bringing it back to the stand-up comedy um, yeah, love it. And I've applied a lot of aspects of, uh, my reading and writing from college to it. Here's the thing. I will never, I hope to God, never be one of those pretentious dipshits. That's like, uh, I'm actually a stand up philosopher. Fuck that. Uh, at the end of the day, as a performer at stand up comedy, I want to make people laugh. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, but my end game with anything I talk about on stage is to elicit laughter um, because I truly believe in fighting, um, you know, misery, suffering, and all that. To laugh in the face of that is defiant. To laugh in the face of death is, I think, hilarious in defiance. Um, and I don't know, laughter to me, not only does it feel good, makes you feel good, uh, there's something about it that um, it, it's disarming to people. You know, it, if somebody's being a dick and you laugh at them or, or you're in a bad situation and you laugh at it, you know, a killer's got you in the basement. You're like, good, I wanted to end the day like this. Ha, 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 ha. They might let you walk. They might let you walk. Um, but no, something about laughter is, is, to me, I don't know, one of the last, um, I don't want to say magical because that's stupid and cliche, but... Um, there's something pure about it. There's innocence to it, especially hilarious when you laugh at something that is so not innocent or mature, but you laugh at it anyways, because uh, we can find the humor in that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so check out some local uh, stand-up comedy wherever you're at. I know we have a few listeners that might be in Atlanta, Georgia. You guys have an awesome comedy scene out there. A few people in Portland hit us up. Uh, those are sweet, sweet comedy scenes. Everybody in Michigan that I, I, I know and listen to, I'm telling you right now, you have awesome uh, live comedy that you can go check out. A lot of the times for free or for cheap. So if you need a good date night, hey, a couple of PBRs and some dipshit making you guys laugh is a good time. And you can go home and do what rabbits do. And that's snuggle, read a book, and go to sleep. Uh, other than that, uh, I think... I think that does it. I think that's going to do it for most of free consultation this week. So going to get into the announcements, the shameless plugs, probably put that advertisement at the end of this one. So you guys, you guys go ahead and stop this podcast about three minutes early if you want, because you're probably going to hear about Flipboard again. But... Anyways, guys, uh, you've been beautiful. If you want to talk to us, hit us up on the, this Facebook channel um, at Ask Free Consultation on Instagram, uh, askfreeconsultation at gmail.com. That's where you can get us. Um, coming up, when Nick gets back, uh, we're going to talk about self-defense laws, get into those weird laws. Bernie Madoff will have some emails for you. Shameless plugs now. Uh, as far as January shows coming up, I'm at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle uh, January 16th, I want to say. I'm in the Express to LA 
competition. If I win that, old Mark Ridley himself is going to fly me out to L.A. so I can be a superstar. Uh, I've been to L.A. before. It's cool. They'll send you to the Comedy Store, which is not the mecca of comedy, if you ask me. Um, that's on the 16th in Kalamazoo on January 17th. I'm opening up for Stuart Huff, who is an amazing comedian. Uh, he's been at it for uh, probably 20 near 30 years. Uh, legitimately gets you to gut laugh with uh, some deep, deep premises. A guy I, I look up to in the sense that he talks about what he wants to. He can go filthy. He can go smart. And he's going to make you laugh in a genuine way. That's on January 17th at Shakespeare's in Kalamazoo. Going to be a good time. Solid lineup on there with me. Um, some local KZU guys. I believe another friend from Lansing is on that with me. Uh, let's see what else. January 24th, I'm at Dr. Grin's hosting. January 25th is the Salsa Parlor Comedy Show. Ran out of my house in East Lansing. Check that out. A lot of fun. January 26th, I'm back at Dr. Grin's hosting. Uh, and then January 29th, I am back at Dr. Grin's, um, or I'm sorry, January 30th, one of those days. I'm back at Dr. Grin's for a comedy competition called Funniest Person in Grand Rapids. Um, check it out if you're in Grand Rapids. Uh, vote for the funniest person, because if you vote for somebody who's not funny and they move on, uh, it can lead to pretty bad imposter syndrome. I've been there before. Uh, earn it, everybody. Earn it. Uh, like anything in life, if you earn it and you work hard for it, it feels way the fuck better because you know you're capable. It doesn't matter. As those jujitsu guys, if they're still listening to the end, doesn't matter what color your belt is, just fucking earn it. You know, show up. Know you're capable, and nobody can take that from you. Um, okay, guys. Uh, other than that, final shout out to Nick Ladorf. Uh, I hope everything's going well for you, bud. Hope your family's doing well. Uh, follow Nick at, at Nick Ladorf on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Um, Check him out on Facebook. Uh, Nick runs some awesome shows in Lansing out of the Fledge. Um, he's 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 awesome, and it has feature-length stuff coming up. He's starting to be an actual, actual working comic. And what I mean there is, like, he's professional. So uh, not only is he a professional lawyer, Nick's also a uh, professional comedian. So check him the fuck out. Uh, I miss him very much. Um, Thank you guys. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you're awesome. We will back. Uh, we will be back to normal free consultation content um, in a week or two um, with with hopefully Nick, and we'll get back to our dual our, our dual goofs. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening to my crazy ramblings, and uh, y'all have a beautiful whatever day it is. This is coming out on a Monday, but uh, you have a beautiful whatever. All right, a boo doo doo. We're gonna have free consultation for you. And I won't sing anymore. Okay, bye.